0: Come on, somebody needs to get excited about being in the house of the Lord today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody right now, just think of something good God's done for you. You don't have to think of something good God's done for you. Just think of something God has done for you. And why don't you give Him praise right now? Hallelujah. God, You are good. Somebody ought to thank Him for the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody ought to thank Him for healing your body right now. Somebody ought to give Him praise for doing something for you recently in your life. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad. I'm glad. I am real glad I know who Jesus is. Amen. God has truly been good to me, and I find no fault. No fault. I find no fault. Absolutely no fault in serving God. I'm not looking for a turnaround place. The devil has provided many places to turn around, but I'm not interested in turning around. Amen. I'm interested in serving God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. It's so good to see everyone that is in the house of the Lord today. And uh, good to see Bonnie and Ricky here today. Good to see Sister Jennifer here. Amen. Miss her. Glad that she is with us today. Good to have Sister Kelly's mother here with us today. And uh, everyone else that's in the house of the Lord. If you are a guest here today, we want you to know how much we appreciate. Each and every one of you being in the house of God. Good to see see you folks that's just supposed to be in church here today. Amen. Thank God for faithful saints. Thank God for faithful saints. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's remember uh, these announcements. It is turkey time, so if you have any turkey orders, you need to turn them in to Sister Beverly Cox. And uh, she'll be keeping up with those turkey orders. And uh, don't forget that. That's very important. And uh, we are cooking them. We'll start back cooking again Tuesday. And um, we've got 190-something cooked, and we don't like but just a few more. And uh, so appreciate the men that are so faithful in helping us do that. And uh, thank you very much. So remember... Uh, That, sell turkeys, turn your order in to Sister Beverly Cox. We need those orders turned in, and um, that would have to be turned in, um, I think we decided the second week of November, second Sunday in November, and so remember that, have all of them turned in to her by then where we'll know how many uh, we need to prepare for, and then Uh, There is a Sunday School Festival. Everybody say Sunday School Festival. That is next Saturday. We need help. Everybody say we need to help. We don't need help. We need to help. Everybody say that real loud. We need to help. I know some of you are not physically able to do things that we need to be done. I understand that. But if you're physically able to go to Walmart or go to a restaurant, you're physically able to come up and show moral support on Saturday. Can I get a witness? That was about a half a witness. That's still the truth anyway. And uh, so uh, there is a sign-up sheet on the welcoming desk. There's things that need to be bought for that, uh, donated, and then there are areas that we need staff members to help us uh, control and take care of children, and um, then things that needs to be done as far as decorating. And uh, you can sign up on the sign-up sheet on the welcoming desk immediately after church. I've been checking that sheet, and there is way too few names on there. There's some of your names that should be on there. So get them on there as soon as church is over today. And we're looking forward to a great time. And uh, Sunday school teachers... Sunday School Department, they all work so hard every Sunday and faithful in that, and uh, we are grateful for that, so they need our help uh, this week, and so we're going to do our part to help them. I want to say how much I appreciate uh, the offering that was given last Sunday night, and uh, we took up an offering to help with this, this uh, Sunday School Fest, and also outreach in general, And uh, we do appreciate that very much, and we were able, I told the church Wednesday night, but for you who were not here, and some of you wasn't here last Sunday night, so you can still get in on the giving part if you'd like to, just turn that into my wife after church, and uh, we'll make sure that gets in on outreach. But we were able to receive over $9,000 with the offering and and, uh, the serving after church. So we appreciate you giving unto the Lord. And this will uh, help us further to the gospel. And I still believe that it's important for the mission field. It's important for foreign missions. It's important for home missions. But it's important also that we try our best to reach our community. And so thank you for giving unto the Lord. We want to uh, say how much... We appreciate uh, the Hudsons for opening up their house, uh, their houses, and their property to us. We want to say that. We want to say that. Amen. <laughs> we had such a wonderful time and uh, do that every year. And uh, they so are such good hosts and do such a good job. And we do appreciate that very much. Had a great time. And I want to tell you today, church, fellowship is very important. The right fellowship is very important. You need to connect with your church. You need to get involved in what the church is doing. You need to get involved in what's going on at the church. The most important thing that you will do in your entire life, the church should be the very center of it. Everything should connect to the church. Amen. Until you get that revelation, you will always struggle. You will always be an outsider. You would always feel like God is not doing enough for you. But when you get that revelation and you get involved in what the church is doing and involved in the church, living for God becomes just your nature. Amen. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much to the Hudson family. Good to see Brother Griffin able to be in church today. Amen. He's been a little under the weather and uh, glad that he's able to be with us today in the house of the Lord. And uh, we want to remind you there will be a baby shower tomorrow night and uh, for Tammy and Nathaniel. And uh, that will be uh, at 630 at the gym. And uh, so I want to tell you right off the bat, don't buy any sissy clothes. Can I get a witness, Brother Nathaniel? Amen. So, so uh, looking forward. Man, we are looking forward to that arrival. What a day it's going to be. I've still got my fingers kind of halfway crossed, even um, believing that it's really going to be a boy. It's kind of hard to believe, but uh, we're waiting on that day to get here. If you have your Bibles today, let's all stand. For the reading of the Word of the Lord, Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6, turn to verse number 24. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. Then we'll be reading verse number 32 through 34. Thankful for the teaching of God's Word this morning. Thank you, Brother Duplessy. Matthew chapter 24. Or, excuse me, verse 24, chapter 6. The Bible says, no man can serve two masters. Why don't everybody say that together? No man Where do you get that from? What are you looking at? Alright, does the Bible say that? Yeah. Amen. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one And despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Verse number 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first. The kingdom of God. Everybody say that out loud. And His righteousness. And and what? All these things shall be added unto you. If you do what? Seek first the kingdom of God. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow the morrow shall take thought. The things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, I, I will not uh, be dealing too much with that last scripture that we read, but there's a lot to be said about that. But verse number 33: But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Thank you for reading the word of the Lord. Why don't we, before we are seated, Let's put our Bibles down. Let's raise our hands in the air and ask God to help us today. God, we need Your help. We need Your anointing. I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I am absolutely nothing without You, God. I pray for Your help today. I pray that You would anoint the ears, the hearts of Your people to hear, to receive, and to respond to Your Word. Talk to us today, God. Draw us nearer to Thee, Lord. To you be the praise. To you be the glory. To you be the honor. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Importance of being number one. There's a lot of people that is very carried away with being, number one. And pretty much in all of our walks of life, we want to do the very best that we possibly can. And I think that if we don't want to do the very best that we possibly can, something is terribly wrong in our chemical makeup. And uh, because God has put a desire in our hearts and in our spirits to Succeed. I want to succeed in life. I want to succeed in every, uh, thing that I do. I want to be the very best that, that I can possibly be. But there is, there is some things to where we need to seek and we need to desire and we need to long for. And that is what we first need to seek out is God and God's will and God's desire, and God's purpose, and God's direction for us in our life. How many's interested in the direction that God would have for you in your life? Amen. Amen. Good to see Brother Mike Newell here today. He's been working a lot. Glad to see him back in the house of the Lord. Amen. So seek ye first, the Bible says, the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? What are we supposed to be seeking after? What are we supposed to be looking to? What are we supposed to be looking for? What is our desire supposed to be in life? Amen. There are some things that that people have said. One man said, When men cease to be faithful to their God, He who expects to find them so to each other will be much disappointed. So he who ceases to be faithful to his God, when mankind fails to be faithful to God, when we expect somebody to be faithful to one another, we are going to be disappointed. I believe that that is truly the hour that we are living in today. It is better... Uh, Theodore Roosevelt said, it is better to be faithful than it is to be famous. Amen. Amen. Mother Teresa said, when once asked, how do you measure the success of your work? She looked puzzled for a moment and then replied, I don't remember the Lord ever spoke of success. He spoke only of faithfulness and love. This is the only success that really counts. So when we measure up our life, what do we count success as? Amen. What is important to us in our life? How do we measure success? In most lives, success is measured by a job. Success is measured by... Uh, how much money that you're able to accumulate in a lifetime. By most people's uh, measure of success, it's what kind of car you drive or what kind of clothes that you wear or what kind of house you live in. I can remember a few years ago when you go back and you look at the houses that were produced in the 70s and even the majority of the 80s. A house was a place to live. It was functional. It was what you needed to stay in. But today, a house is not just a place to live, but it is more like a showpiece to show off who you are and what you are and how successful that you have been in life. Now, I'm not talking about nice cars and I'm not preaching against nice homes, but I'm saying the way society has changed. I can remember uh houses was very very plain. They were very vanilla. You had you had a 3 ba- bedroom house and and two bathroom most of the time and uh you had famica countertops and vinyl floors and uh carpet on the floor. And uh you had uh siding on the outside for the eaves and the soffit and you had if you was real blessed you had brick on it. And uh, that was about the extent of it. But now there is no stopping. You can have your doors, whatever size you want them. You can have your cabinets. You can spend more on your cabinets than what uh, most houses cost. And uh, you can't have, for mica granite uh, countertops, but you must have granite right now until they start changing our minds on that. So there is there is there's nothing wrong with these things but I'm just talking about the way that life has changed and I'm going to go a little bit slower this morning more possibly in a teaching mode and uh, maybe even next Sunday I'll get to the preaching part of this because I feel like this is going to take me longer than the time that I have available to do so but but nothing wrong with these things but I'm saying we allow society to dictate who we are and what we are. And people get them in themselves in debt because they're trying to keep up with something that somebody thinks they ought to be. When first the Bible says the first thing, the first thing, the first thing that we should do is seek first the kingdom of God. When the majority of lives today is not seeking first the kingdom of God, but it's spending the time that we have left with God. Amen. So the Bible does not talk about our successes, but it talks about our faithfulness and our love and commitment to Him. Now on the lighter side, one man said this about his secretary. He said, my secretary is very efficient, very faithful, very dedicated. She has not missed a coffee break in ten years. So it depends what you want to measure success as. One choir director of the local church was being driven out of his mind at rehearsal for a choir practice. It seemed that at least at every choir practice, at least one choir member was absent for rehearsal. Finally, they reached the last rehearsal before uh, the big performance. And the choir the choir leader decided he had taken it upon himself to congratulate everybody and uh, thank them for their faithfulness. He said, I want to personally thank the pianist for being the only person in the entire church choir to attend each and every rehearsal during the past two months. At this point, the pianist rose, bowed, and said, I thought it would be the least I can do, considering I won't be here to play tonight in church. Faithfulness is an important part of our life. In everything that we do, faithfulness is important. Thank you, Sister Stephanie. That was meant, no, that was not meant for you. (laughs) But faithfulness is very important to everything that we do. It is important to be faithful to a job. How many has a job? How many would know, how many bosses would notice if you did not show up the next couple of days? I hope they would. Why show up? Just get them to mail you the check. Now come on now. I've got to have some cro- crowd participation this morning. How many bosses, if you didn't show up in the next two days, would notice that you wasn't there? Amen. If they not, you're fisting to get terminated because you're not needed. We'll be looking for another job. But, but so, so faithfulness is very important To life in general. It's very necessary to life that you must be faithful. I talked about this some Wednesday night. I will go back to this. In a relationship, a marriage relationship, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Faithfulness. I want you to look, uh, find your spouse right now if they're here. I want you to look at them right now. Look at them. Look at them. Find your spouse. Look at them. Look at them. Amen. Do they look as good today as they did the day that you married them? Amen. Do they look as good today as they did the first time that you've seen them, something caught your attention. Amen, it's kind of like vehicles. It was the wow, wow. Um. <laughs> something got your attention now now I, I realize that that in time, things change. Understand that. I understand even more so as I get older the power of gravity. Some of y'all get that later on. Some of y'all's already got it and just don't know it. I mean, I did. <clears throat> but the power of gravity. I look in the mirror and I look at my face and I say, who is that guy looking back at me when I get up in the morning? Lines, creases. <laughs> That did not used to be there. Hair changing color and not by choice. Some people's change by choice. Mine wasn't by choice. I uh, thought I'd drop that in on you. You're getting all kinds of little, little subtle nuggets here if you pay close attention. Some men don't have a clue what color hair their wives' hair is really and truly. <clears throat> but anyway, <clears throat> do they look... Some people's hair is, has slipped away. Thankfully, I'm still holding on to the majority of mine, although I may not have it very much longer. But there is things that changes. But what, what should remain the same but even strengthen in time is our love, our faithfulness, And our dedication to one another. Now some people approach a relationship like this. When I ask you, does your spouse still look as good today as they did the first day that you married them? I ask that for a purpose and we'll get into that. Some people approach relationships such as, I've got them now, it doesn't make any difference. I can do what I want. I can act like I want. I can dress like I want. I can conduct myself like I want. And it does not make any difference because they no longer have a choice. Because they have said, I do. I want to tell you, in a relationship, there is a continuation that must continue. And that is a desire to please one another. Amen. A desire to wear... When you look at one another, that love and that fire still burns deep in your heart for one another. That desire still burns deep in your heart for one another. So God's image and God's desire for relationship, marriage relationship, and I talked about this again Wednesday night. It mirrors, it is a mirror image of our relationship with God. Some people think that when they start serving God, that I've got God now. I've got the Holy Ghost now. I've been baptized in Jesus' name now. So it doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what I dress like. It doesn't matter what I talk like. It doesn't matter what I act like. doesn't matter how my commitment is doesn't matter how my faithfulness is, how my giving is, how my giving of my finances is, how my giving of my time is, because I've got Him now and that's all I need. But I want to tell you today, the reason why some relationships end in destruction is because they have that kind of attitude. Amen. They have that kind of feeling about it. The reason why people's relationship with God ends in destruction and chaos and misery and pain. It's not because God is not readily available. It's simply because we take God for granted. Don't take your husband for granted. Don't take your wife for granted. Don't just expect them to be there cooking and cleaning and picking up after you. Wiping the snotty noses of the kids. When you are giving absolutely nothing in return. Wives, don't expect your husbands to be Superman. To please you in everything when you are not giving anything in return. It's a two-way street. Amen. It is necessary to put them first. It is necessary to protect. It is necessary to build a, a fence, a wall of protection around your home. Amen. 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 You can't, you can't do and go and say and act and throw yourself away and expect home life to be great and perfect. I can do what I want to because they've already made a commitment. People can get out of commitments. There's a thing called lawyers. They'll find a loophole somewhere. Amen. To satisfy everybody's longing and desire and lust. Amen. But I want to tell you, living for God is even as serious as our relationship with one another, our husband and wife relationship. Our relationship with God is even more serious than that. You can live without a husband. Young ladies, you can live without a husband. Young men, you can live without a wife. But you can't make it to heaven without a relationship with God. Amen. So our relationship with God is even more important. So when you become a child of God, God continues to care what you look like. He continues to care what you act like. He continues to care what you think like. He continues to care about your dress. He continues to care about your talk. He continues to care about your behavior. Amen. That's the way God looks at it. Things that come between us and God. I read this scripture last Sunday. Brother Dupless, read this scripture last Sunday. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight and verse number thirty-five, "Who shall separate us from the love of Christ?" Right. Then it goes down to verse thirty-nine, says, "Shall what shall, or, or nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus." You know the only thing that can separate us from the love of God. You know the only thing that can do that? You are the only thing that can separate yourself from the love of God. And how do you do that? You pull back and allow things to come between you and God. Amen. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, he asked Him, saying, Good Master, in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 18, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked and said, keep the commandments. Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. This guy had a tremendous record. Amen. This was a righteous man. He had kept the law. He knew the law. He practiced the law. He didn't just read the law, but he put it into practice in his life. And in verse number 22, the Bible says, Now when Jesus heard these things, He said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow Me. Now a lot of people says this indicates that A rich man cannot be saved. That's not what it indicates at all. You have a misunderstanding and a lack of knowledge of the Scripture when you would think that. Because Abraham, that was called a friend of God, was one of the richest men of his time. David wasn't no poor shabby soul himself. But see, it was not this man's Money that separated him from God. It was the love and the desire that drove him that was the determining factor in his life. I want to tell you today, when your job gets to be the controlling factor in your life, that that's all you can think about is success and more and more and more. And it becomes above your relationship. It becomes above your family. It becomes above God. It becomes sin unto you. And I pray, this is what I pray. Before God allows some of you to destroy your family, and destroy your marriage, and destroy your relationship with God, I pray that if it takes it, God would allow you to lose your job. Oh, that's crazy, preacher. I've got to have my job. God can give you another job, but you only have one chance at life. See, that is the problem when God starts blessing us. Our blessings become our curses. God gives us things to enjoy life. He wants us to be in good health and He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to have the finer things in life. I don't believe God wants us to be scavengers. God does not want us crawling around on our hands and knees all the time, begging for another crumb from somebody's table. That's not what God wants out of us. But God wants us to be prosperous. God wants us to look and have and enjoy things of life and with our family. But what God does not want is the things that He blesses us with to come between us and our relationship with God. Amen. Amen. The rich young ruler, the Bible said it is amazing that we never hear one thing from this point on of this man. We don't know his name when all he was concerned about was his name. We don't know who he was when all he was concerned about was who he really was. It's amazing how soon people can forget who someone is. In the sports world, there is so-called heroes of the sports world. There is those who have done heroic Things. They have won amazing games. They have done wonderful things on the field, on the track, on the court. But you let them retire, and here comes somebody else to take their place. Before too many years, you wouldn't even know who their name was, because it doesn't mean anything. And you can strive for the top, in all aspects of life. And it won't be too long to when you're moved off the scene, somebody takes your place. And they don't even know your name. They don't even know who you were. They don't even know what you've done. They can't remember what you accomplished. But all that matters is what you accomplished for God and what your relationship was with God. Amen. There's been many saints of God that has gone on to receive their reward from this church. They were not the most popular in the community. They did not make the most money in this, in the church. They did not have the most things in the house of God, but they had a relationship with God all that made them something more than ordinary. Amen. It was their commitment to early morning prayer meeting. It was their commitment to the house of God. It was their commitment to the work of God. It was their commitment to the will of God in their life that made all the difference in the world. Amen. That's the reason why they go on to receive their reward, not of this world. But of the world to come, the rich young ruler, the Bible said he turned and he walked away sorrowfully, for he had great possessions. When God blesses us, don't allow things that God blesses us with become more important than the blesser. Amen. No man, the Bible says, can serve two masters. You will love one and you will despise the other. You will hold the one and turn loose of the other. No man, the Bible says, can serve God and mammon. Wealth and riches is a lot of the destruction of man. You let somebody that is very humble, that comes from a very low place in their life, when they start getting the blessings of success, sometimes it goes to their head. You can't talk to them because they have changed from who they were and what they think they are. I want to tell you today, no matter how much God blesses us, and I am thankful today for the blessings and the mercy of God, I'm thankful for the goodness of God. I'm thankful for every dollar that God has given me. But I realize that without God, I can do nothing. Without God, I would be nothing. If it was not for God, I would not be standing before you today. It's not because I'm some good, great, mighty person. Amen. But it's all because of the blessings and the mercy of God. Amen. God has been good to me. Now, how can I turn on God and say, God, I don't have time for you. God, I'm too busy for you. God, I've got too much to spend time with with you. I want to tell you today there is things that need to come first in our life and that is serving God must be the first. Amen. It must be number 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faithfulness. Faithfulness you can find faithfulness all through the word of God. You can find, I wonder, I wonder, my mind just goes and I wonder what would be the story behind the rich young ruler if he would have said, Okay, Jesus, I'm cutting ties. I'm going to follow you. I belong to you. What could he have accomplished? You see, the Apostle Paul, he didn't come from the poorest section of town himself. Apostle Paul was trained and taught by some of the greatest scholars of that time and that era. That didn't come free. How many has got a kid in college? That don't come free. How many went to college? That didn't come free. Amen. Some of you are to think a parent. Praise God. But that didn't come free. It didn't come free for Paul to sit at the feet of the great scholars of that time. So he didn't come from the necessarily poor section of town. He was a commander. He was a ruler. He was an overseer. But God called him, and he said, I'm going to leave it all behind. I count my education as nothing. I count my success as nothing. I count my abilities as nothing, because I must serve Christ. I must walk with Christ. Amen. Now, today, still thousands of years later, amen, you know who the great Apostle Paul was. Amen. He could have went down as just a tent maker, but he was not just a tent maker. He could have went down as just a scholar. But he was much more than a scholar. Why? Because he got an understanding that when I got the call of God, I must follow Him. I must forsake these and go to Him. I must stop this and walk with Him. Amen. I want to tell you today, there's some things we need to put on the back burner and start getting closer to God. Amen. There's some things we need to set on the shelf and Say, God, I want to do what is important in life. Amen. Your children today. Man, i tell you what, it doesn't do me good to look at pictures. I get depressed. I get to thinking about, man, my life is going by so quickly. So fast. Where did time go? I was looking at pictures this morning. The paper don't come in early on Sunday morning. Not early enough. I'm going before it gets in. So I'm sitting there drinking my coffee and I'm going through picture albums. And I start looking at at dates and times. And I look. I said, my Lord, where did time go? And you know what I get to thinking about? I hope that I have made an impact. My children are getting older. I'm getting older. How much time do we really have left in this world anyway? And I hope that I've made an impact in my children's life. I've hoped that I've taken the proper time. Mamas and daddies, listen to me today. Pay attention to what I've got to say. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of raising children. I don't have all the answers. And I'm sure when I get through raising children, I still won't have all the answers. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I, I do claim to know this. You need to stop. And you need to slow down. And you need to hold that baby in your arms. You need to put your arms around that teenager that is growing up, and let them know this house is something you ought to look forward to. Amen. I have talked to young people, and I have heard them say in my home, I did not have an example of how to treat a woman are a man. In my home all I seen was bickering and fussing and fighting and carrying on. I don't know how I'm supposed to act. I want to tell you today, church, if anything they ought to see in our life, they ought to see us as daddies. And you as mothers know how to treat one another and know how to raise a family in the house that loves God, that loves one another. We need to start seeking God and putting God first in our lives. Amen. Amen. I know, I know this is not a great exciting sermon where you're shouting and bucking and running and jumping and and maybe maybe we'll do something different tonight. But I want to tell you, this is something that each and every one of you need to hear. This is something that each and every one of us needs to get in contact with. Amen. Some of you, your children are moving on and moving out of the house, making decisions. And I hope that you can look back on their life and
1: realize, hey, I
0: put everything that I could into them. I took up every moment that I could. I stopped what I was doing every once in a while a while and I took them to the lake fishing I I took them to the woods I took them to the park and I I stopped and I just pushed the swing a little while because you see what happens we get older and we wonder my goodness they're teenagers they don't want nothing to do with me amen I still want my kids as teenagers to think that I'm, I'm the coolest thing around although they probably don't. But I want them to think I'm the greatest thing that they've ever seen because it's been since day one I have stopped what I was doing and I have taken time when I was busy and I tried to show them the way that they should love one another and when they have children the way that you... I want to tell you today the reason why a society does not know how to treat one another, it's because the previous society failed in delivering the message of how to treat one another. Come on, church. Amen. If there's ever a time where the church needs to rise to the occasion... Amen. Every time somebody comes in here from another denomination and they walk into an apostolic church all over this country, they say, I am amazed at the young people. Amen. The teenagers that is there, that's sitting there on the front seat, and, and they look so nice. What do you do? i tell you what does it. I'll tell you what to keep them. Amen. It's a home that is full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's parents that love them. It's parents that hold them they're crying. It's parents that have take time to talk with them when they are having a hard
1: day. It's parents that show them how to pray. It's parents that show them how to live for God.
0: But we are living in a society where parents are a burden. Our, our children are a burden to their parents. And sometimes parents are a burden to their children. But help me God. What I'm talking about is seeking first, seeking first, seeking first the kingdom of God. And I am, I am in, I am all in on outreach and reaching the lost. And I'm in on witnessing the souls. But I want to tell you my first, my first priority is setting right across here. That's my first priority. My first priority is setting out in front of me. Amen. In this building, in this congregation today, you are my first priority. Before the world comes, I tell you, we can win the world and we can lose these young people. We can win the world and we can lose our own soul. And what does it profit a man? Amen. But I want to tell you, we can win the world and keep our young people. We can win those who are lost in a sin-sick world and still be what God has called us to be. First, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And all these things shall be added unto you. But see, what we want is the things first. But there is first things first. Some of you would be better off if you burnt and shredded every one of your credit cards. Because you're working so much overtime... I'm preaching now. Amen. You're working so much overtime that you're taking so much time away from your family. Amen. it's destroying what is the most important thing in this life. You can't survive with missing church, 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 church. You can't do it. I understand that there's things called shutdowns. I understand that there's things called there's you know, called deadlines. I I understand that there's things called there's a horrible thing called shift work. I understand that. These things take their toll on marriages and it takes their toll on our relationship with God and it takes our toll on a toll on our relationship with our family. So every opportunity that we get, let's don't say, okay, I'll sign up for that. I'll sign up for that. Yeah, man, I can get this much money. Is it worth it? I didn't even, none of this is in my notes, trust me, but this is in my heart. Amen. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? What is it going to cost in the long run? And understand with life the way that it is, sometimes you, husband and wife, pass each other in the hallway. One's coming into the house, one's going out of the house. What's important in life? Let's think about this. And you wonder why your relationship is suffering. Let's pray right now. I feel like God's trying to talk to somebody today. God, in Your name, I pray, Lord, that You would touch every heart in this place right now. Move in every soul. Move in every life, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Work right now. Come on, somebody lift your voice unto the Lord. Lift your voice unto the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need You right now, Holy Ghost. We're depending on You, God. We're trusting in You, God. I want to put You first in my life, God. You are the most important thing in my life. Not with my words, God, but with my heart. With my spirit. With my actions, God. I want to serve You. I want to be what You've called me to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Mighty God, mighty God, help us today. Amen. A hero is someone like Sister Baldry that dedicated years and years to Sunday school ministry. A hero is someone like my Mamarine that dedicated years and years to Sunday school ministry. She had an affliction in her body that was a terrible, awful affliction. She had a problem with her legs that would open up and she would have to wrap them up just a terrible situation. And I can remember going into her house and seeing her with her leg propped up. And it happened at a very early part of her life. And she dealt with it until the day that she died. But sitting there going, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And still have her Sunday school class over for Sunday school parties. Still faithful in teaching Sunday school of the twelve and thirteen to thirteen year olds all of her life until the day that she died. That's what a hero is. Someone who dedicates themselves unto God. No, she didn't have a lot to leave behind as an inheritance. But really, she did have a lot to leave behind. She taught me how to pray and how to love God and how to be faithful to God and how to treat one another. I want to tell you today, church, I would rather leave a legacy of being a Christian and a man of God and a good husband and a good daddy than I would be leave a million or two million or ten million dollars in the bank and in properties for my family to fuss and fight over. I want to tell you today I'm into leaving an inheritance to my family
1: and it's this biblical message that here O Israel, the Lord our God is still one Lord
0: Amen I tell you what a hero is a hero, and I can't mention everybody, so if I don't mention your loved one, I know I get in trouble by doing this, but I don't mean anything. There's many, many here, but these are some that I don't have this written down. It's just coming to my mind. Is someone like Brother Dudley. Brother Dudley was not a wealthy man by any stretch of the imagination, but Brother Dudley was a faithful man. I can always remember Brother Duplessis telling me when I started pastoring, he said, those folks are are low-maintenance people. Amen. Brother Dudley was faithful. He would come here every Sunday morning. He had a routine, and him and Lisa would go by and get breakfast, and here they would come to church early, come by the church early to pray. That's what a hero really is. You hear me today, boys. It's not the ones that's going to be on what they would call the gridiron today, fighting it out, that's getting paid millions and millions of dollars to run out there and tackle somebody or run a football. That's not a hero. They don't know who your name is, and they don't care who you are. But I want to tell you, a hero is somebody that gets up every morning, and they start The day out talking to God. And they go out and make an honest living. And they show you how to come to church. And they show you how to worship God. And they show you how to lift your hands. They show you how to love one another. That's what a hero is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all these things, all of these things shall be added unto you when you learn how to seek first the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us that I have no greater joy. This was not even a family message this morning. I've just got high-centered here. and I'm getting ready to close. If they had come to the music right now, Tiffany, come get ready to sing. I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. No greater joy than to know That my children walk in truth. What is the most important thing? I want to tell you what makes me so excited when I see these young people singing and worshiping God. When I see these young men come up and exhort and give a testimony and read Scripture and lead us in prayer. When I see these young people that goes out on outreach. When I see them, that lets me know that we've done, you've done something right. That you've placed something in their heart. I may not have done everything right in my life. But there's some things I can't afford to mess up on, and that is just being a Christian. Seek ye first. Seek ye first, the kingdom of God. Let's all stand right now. I'm run out of time, I'm not through. Maybe I'll finish this at a later date but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I want to ask you a question today. How many are interested in really, 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 really seeking God first? I want you to pray right now. I want somebody to lift up their voice unto the Lord right now. I want you to think about the children that you hold that are your responsibility today. I want to think of, I want you to think about your spouse right now that's your responsibility today. Seek you first. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God. All of these other things will fade away. The car will get old. The house will crumble and decay. The job will someday belong to someone else. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. These are things that will last through eternity. These are things that will stand the test of time. It's seeking you first the kingdom of God. I want you now, I want just the real determined, the real honest people today. Now there's some things you're going to have to change in life. There's some commitments that you're going to have to make. But with every eye closed right now. Everyone with your mind on the Lord. I want every man, woman, boy, and girl that is in this place right now that's really concerned about doing the right thing. That's really concerned about being the parent that you should be. That's really concerned about being the husband or wife that you should be. That's really concerned about being the grandma or grandpa that you should be that's really, really concerned about being the Christian that you should be I want you to step out from where you're standing now don't, don't come if you don't mean it and make your way to this front lift your hands toward God touch God right now touch the Holy Ghost right now Oh, God, what a responsibility. Hallelujah.
1: Holy Ghost, help us right now. Help us right now, God. Oh, I want to be what you want me to be, God. I want to do what you want me to be. I will be what you call me to be. Hallelujah, help. I say yes. Help me today, God. Help Lord, me today, God. Lord, I agree. My desire help me today, God. passionately help me is today, to God. be what you call oh, me to be. Jesus, Jesus, so that's Jesus, what I'll Jesus, be. help me today. On, will be what to You somebody to Somebody reach out to the I Lord right yes, now. Somebody reach out to oh the Lord right God, now. I agree. Hallelujah! My Hallelujah! Is. Hallelujah! How come I on, some mama reach, to reach be out be to God right now. So be Holy to Ghost, be. come on, some daddy. That's come on, daddy, I reach need. out to the Lord right now. I will be God, I want to put you, you first. To be. I want to be the man that you've called me I to say be, yes, oh, yes. God. Oh, God I agree. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The passion of is to be Today, God. That's what I'm doing. Help be. me today, God. Help me today, God. I will be what you call me to be. Oh, God. I'll say yes. Help me today, God. With my Help whole today, heart, God. I'll agree. Help my me today, desire. Help me today, God. my love. Is passion. now
0: I want every parent to go get your children every family get together right now every family get together right now we're going to sing this as a prayer unto God I want everybody touching the Lord right now if you don't have any children here get with your wife